and mercy. Compassion and mercy, the Jonah connection. Compassion and mercy, the Jonah connection. Some may know this and some may not, but the book of Jonah is actually read on the eve evening of Yom Kippur. And on Yom Kippur, this story, it's actually only four very short chapters long, is read and it's, at some level, it's a bit mysterious. Why would you read a story of a prophet being sent to an Assyrian town called Nineveh to teach them or ask them or, or conjole them to, to uh, repent? If you could tweet out, let them know that it's, we're having problems. And I found it interesting. I immediately know the connection. I think everyone in this room know what that connection is. But there are several different layers that I think is so apropos to our generation today, to this day and time. This is a prophetic work uh, which is talking about how God saw the iniquity and sin of a, of a Gentile nation and decided that if they don't straighten up, then it, they would be destroyed. It says that uh, Jonah, and we know according to the story, Jonah was not that excited about going, was he? As a matter of fact, it's funny because in the first chapter of the book of Jonah, it says that God says he saw their wickedness had come up before him, told Jonah, go to Nineveh, and it says in the second paragraph, but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of God and went down to Jaffa, or Jaffa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. Now, we really don't know where Tarshish is, but they think it's somewhere around possibly southern Spain somewhere. And that's where he was heading the actual opposite, literally opposite direction. Now, to go to Nineveh, you didn't need to get in a boat. You just walk, take off and go to Syria. He literally got in a boat and went the opposite direction. And, of course, we all know what the story is, is the great wind that, turned that ship into a bouncing calamity, and pretty soon they wanted to find out why is it that we're all throwing our property overboard and Jonah's asleep in the bottom of the boat. And finally Jonah convinced them, throw me over and you'll all be saved. Now, you have to really not want to do what God wants you to do if you're willing to drown or be eaten by fish. I mean, think about that. How bad do you not want to do something you're supposed to do? Now, at this point, any logical person that had any relationship with the Creator would say, this is a little uh, dangerous. Like, at this level of disobeying God, why would you do it? How can such a great prophet, uh, Tzadik, become such a rebellious individual? What was motivating him to, to rebel against the call of God. There are a couple of levels here, but I think the most telling one comes from the Midrash that talks about the fact that Jonah knew that if he came and preached to Nineveh that they would repent. And if they would repent, how in the world would all of the Israelites who were sinning, who don't repent, how will God have to deal with them? What would happen in the day of judgment when they stand before the Sanhedrin and none of these people repented themselves, but yet the Goyim repented? That's why he realized, I'm condemning my own people. 
If, if Nineveh repents, then, then the people of God have no excuse, and there will be no excuse, and the judgment will be very, very difficult and harsh. He wasn't disobeying God because he didn't want to obey God. He was disobeying God because he wanted to protect his people from a severe judgment. What is Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur about? Judgment. And we all sort of tremble in our boots, and we get a bit scared. When we think about being judged, I think Dan Coleman today said, uh, he called me this morning, we were chatting, and he used the, the uh, phrase uh, like having your end of the year employee review, and the next is the evaluation whether you get your raise or not. And I said, I like that a little bit better than, than standing before the king of kings to be judged, because that's scary. But at some level, we know that the judgment that is going to come is going to be uh, sure. It's going to be just, which is scary. Okay, But it's going to be measured with compassion and mercy. How do I know that? I know that because here we have the case of Jonah, who is told to go teach or preach to Nineveh. And that when you go, I want them to repent. And Jonah does the opposite. He gets on a boat and goes the opposite direction. He ends up in the belly of a big fish of some kind. Some giant creature. And there, in desperation, he cries out to God. And if you want to, you can turn to the second chapter of the book of Jonah, and you can read this. I'm going to read this prayer. It's very, it's very powerful. It says... I cried out to God in my distress, and he heard me. Out of the belly of, the, of hell I cried, and you did hear my voice, for you did cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods compassed me all about. Your billows and all your waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple." The waters compassed about uh, me about to the point of death, and the depth closed me around about, and the weeds were wrapping about my head, and I went down to the bottoms of the mountains, the earth with her bars closed on me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O God, my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered God, and my prayer came to you in the, uh, into thy holy temple. And they that guard lying vanities forsake their loyalty. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that which I have vowed. Salvation belongs to God. Incredible. What a beautiful prayer. He pours himself out and says, look, I, okay, I, I'm, I get it. I get it. You see, before Jonah could preach to the Ninevites, that's what you want to call them, people of Nineveh, and tell them about God's mercy and compassion and judgment, he had to feel it. You see, so many times we question whether or why we have to go through such difficult situations. And only after we get out of those difficult situations that sometime in the future you'll find yourself dealing with somebody going through the same thing. 
and you can look them in the eye and go, you know, you're going to make it through this all right. You're going to make it. You're going to do fine. Because I've been through the same thing. You see, before Jonah could ever tell them that along with the judgment that God will, that I am pronouncing upon you from the creator of the universe, that if you repent, just as swift judgment could come, so swift does mercy and compassion come upon you. So here at Yom Kippur, most important time of the year, we're going to, it's getting ready to happen within the next few hours. Who knows that this time next year, we will be looking into the face of the Holy One, blessed, blessed be He, and we will actually be able to feel the compassion and mercy of the Creator of the universe through the Mashiach and through the judgment that comes. Hopefully this year is the year that we can able to to summons up the courage to live the, the most perfect, God-fearing life that we can live. But you see, you never really appreciate compassion and mercy until you feel the pain of judgment. You really don't know what it's like to feel the hand of God reach down and pull you out of, as, as Jonah says, the belly of hell. Not the belly of a whale, but the belly of hell. Until you've been pulled out of that situation and feel the compassion, the compassion and mercy of God is refreshing, overflows you. An incredible thing that happens is when it says, And the word of God came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I bid you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of God. I was having this, suggest- this, this discussion with Sebastian earlier today about where, do you, where are you supposed to be? You know how sometimes you find yourself in a situation, you go, is this where God wants me to be right now? Right? Is this where, maybe I made a mistake. Is this where I should be? Some of you are here to say, and you all agree with this, everything is by the hand of Hashem, correct? Do you know that Jonah being in that situation was where he needed to be. Does that make sense? That's exactly where he needed to be. Now, he's thinking, and we all read the story, oh, why didn't you, why didn't you be the Zadik you're supposed to be? And Go preach to Nineveh anyway. Don't find yourself being thrown overboard. No, he needed to be thrown overboard. He needed to go in the well. He needed to cry out to Hashem. He needed to feel Hashem's compassion and mercy so that when he goes to Nineveh, he'll be able to show them that. He still wasn't very happy about doing this. Sure, right? And we're going to read on. But it says that he goes to Nineveh. He says, Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city, three days' journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city a, a, a day's journey, and he cried and said, Another forty lay, and Nineveh shall be overturned. Forty days, it probably be, and Nineveh shall be overturned. And the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. And the word of the Lord came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and he laid his robe uh, from him and covered himself with sackcloth and sat ashes. It sat in ashes, and he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king. And his nobles, let neither man nor beast or herd or flock taste anything. Let them not feed, drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry uh, mightily to God and let them turn 
uh, everyone from his evil way. He goes on down, and it said in chapter 4, incredible. You would think Jonah would be dancing a jig, right? This great Jewish evangelist prophet turned a whole country around, turned a whole city around. He said, no, he was very displeased. Wasn't happy at all. So he was exceedingly displeased, and he was vexed. And he prayed to God and said, I pray thee, O God, was not this my saying when I was still in my own country? Therefore I fled before him to Tarshish, for I knew that you are gracious God and merciful and slow to anger, great in love and, and repentance of, of, of the evil. Therefore now, O God, take my life from me, I pray thee, for it is better for me to die than to live. And God said, Are you greatly vexed? Of course God knew. God's sense of humor, right? I like to do this with my grandkids when they're pouting. Like, mm-hmm. They fold their arms and they stomp. I'll go, ooh, mad. Right? And he just annoys them. So in a way, that's what God's doing to Jonah. Oh, ooh, mad. Ooh, upset. Jonah went out of the city and sat the east side of the city. And there he made himself a shelter and sat under the shade until he might see uh, what would come upon the pass of the city. And God appointed a castrol plant and made it to come over Jonah for some shade, and it might be a shade over his head, to deliver uh, him from his distress. And Jonah was exceedingly glad for the plant. Then God appointed a worm when the draw came up the next day, and it attacked the plant so that it withered. Do you see God's toying with, this, with Jonah? He's teaching Jonah. Even the great Sadiqs still learn, right? The God prepared a, a vehement east wind, and the sun beat down upon the head of Jonah, so he fainted, so he asked that he might die, and he said it would be better for me to die than to live. So all of a sudden, now Jonah's going to realize, maybe he's actually going to kill me. And God said to Jonah, Are you so greatly vexed on the account of the plant? And he said, I am greatly vexed to death. God said, you are concerned about the castor oil plant for which you have not labored, for which you have not reared, for which you have not come in a night and perished at a night. And I and should I not be concerned for the great city of Nineveh? He says, you're more concerned about shade over your head than the people of Nineveh. Now that is a big indictment, isn't it? I'm going to say a few things from this point on that sounds like an indictment, but I want, I want to make sure that I say this properly, okay? Because this is important to the age that we live in. I want to be very careful. The responsibility of the Jewish people is exactly what Jonah's responsibility was. The Jewish people should be going out and crying out for the nations to do tshuva, to repent during this time. Why? Because everybody's going to be judged. Everyone, every Jew, every non-Jew is going to be judged. It weighs heavy upon the responsibility of the Jewish people to be a light to the nations. Why? Because Hashem himself said that you are a royal priesthood. The Jews have a responsibility to be a priest to the nations like the Kohanim have the responsibility of being a priest to the Jewish people. 
And I realize there's a lot of good reason why they haven't been able to do that in the past 2,000 years. We all agree. As a matter of fact, if anything, the nations have done everything they can to, to suppress and to keep the Jewish people from being that light. We're in a different time now. We're in a different age and where even though anti-Semitism is high and, and there, it's available for anybody to grab a hold of and run again. There are many thousands of people that are seeking to know Hashem through the Torah and just need a little light. And if they had somebody that would take time to cry out from the pit and to do what God asked them to do, to extend to the nations the compassion and mercy of God, it's possible that we could bring redemption now. Could you imagine what would happen if the 2% of the, the Jewish world, which is or 2 to 3%, whatever it is that's orthodox, and religious, if they would all of a sudden become very vocal and start telling everybody, it's time to do tshuva, repent, turn your heart to God. What would it do in this world? How that would shake the foundations of evil in this world? I by no means think that this short lesson is going to accomplish that. But I am hoping that someone will hear this lecture, especially if you are Jewish and you hear this lecture, that you take upon yourself the obligation of what God called you to do in the beginning. And that is to be a priest to the nations. Sure, you're not a rabbi. You haven't gone to seminary. You may not feel you're qualified. But anybody can be a decent human being and save another human from destruction. We see all the time, especially with the hurricane that just came through of Heroes that are made overnight by somebody that didn't think that they were had the quality to be a hero They just stepped in and they saved the life and when someone asked wow what gave you the courage to do it? They go. I, I don't know. It just needed to be done. It's not about courage. It's not I'm not a hero It just had to be done. I'm asking my Jewish brothers and sisters To have the courage to take action when you see something around you do you realize that people want to hear about God's mercy and compassion, don't be afraid to share it with them. Share it with them. Watch how they repent and turn their heart back to God. Redemption depends upon the wisdom of Torah reaching the nations. Redemption depends upon the nations doing tshuva and repenting. And the most beautiful thing is this, is what we learn about this story is that though Hashem's Judgment is clear, it is concise, so is his compassion and mercy. He will extend it to anyone. Any person that hears this, this lecture and you wonder whether Hashem will forgive you of the misdeeds, I can promise you, according to Ezekiel, the 18th chapter, all souls belong to me. Any soul that repents shall live. What a beautiful promise. Shall live. And if you go look at Ezekiel 18 and take time to read it yourself, you're going to find out, wow, repenting is actually just returning back to goodness that God expects me to do. And he gives you the list. It's not a big, complicated list. And especially for the nations, so easy. I had somebody the other day call me and said, look, this is, I've been doing some reading about what God requires of the nations. And he goes, man, we're not going to have an excuse. And I said, exactly. The nations will not have an excuse. Why? Because most of the things that God commands the nations to do comes to the heart of most just decent people. 
right? You don't abuse animals. You have justice in your life. You don't steal. The they, yeah, the yet to tell talk. So you have you have an opportunity to do something. The Jewish people, they have a big task. We need to pray for them. We need to also encourage them to do tshuva themselves and draw back to Hashem. May this year, this new year, and may our fast be easy. And most of all, may we all experience the wonderful waterfall and shower of God's compassion and mercy. That concludes this year.